GameZillaMedia.com. It's time for the last action podcast. Pop quiz, hot shot. Hey, motherfucker. I feel the need. The need for speed. Kill it. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Come with me if you want to live. Welcome to this week's episode of the Last Action Podcast. I am LPJ, and I am joined by my sniper on the roof, Hovercraft Joe. <laughs> What's up? Uh, LPJ. Um, yeah, sure. Sniper on the roof. Why not? Co-host, whatever you want, whatever you want to say it. Um, we are, we are not alone as we're usually not, but we are joined by what has become, uh, quite a reoccurring guest for us because he's our, he's our go-to guest because we know he'll watch the movie. He's probably seen the movie and he's always got a lot to say. So Dave, welcome back to the last action podcast. What up? I'm still thinking about that nickname after, uh, watching this movie. I thought, Hey, maybe God. And I'm like, no, <laughs> not going to do that. Don't want to go to hell over Navy SEALs. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but yeah, we are we are here to talk about Navy SEALs, a movie that I feel like we've kicked around like quite a bit as a movie to cover on the podcast, LBJ. Um, like, I feel like it's come up a lot. I, I you know, like kind of to get into it. This is my first time ever seeing Navy SEALs, so... This is one of those movies that I put on my list. So when when we first started the podcast, Sphinx and I had came up with a list of movies we wanted. This was one of the first movies I put on the list because it is just a movie that I've seen. Uh, it was one of those movies that I saw as a kid in Justin's basement and <laughs> um, just wanted to talk about. And so every, I would say at least three or four times a year, I've brought it up. Like, let's do Navy SEALs. And we just never got around to it. And then finally, Joe's like, we're doing Navy SEALs. I'm like, okay. I've been, saying, <laughs> I've been asking for almost three years now. Um, Yeah, I, I mean, I guess we're, I mean, like I said, this is my first viewing of it. Uh, my only really frame of reference about this movie is that joke in Clerks at the video store where the guy holds up the copy of it and it's like, ooh, Navy SEALs. That's like my only point of reference for this movie. So, uh, Dave, what about you? What's your kind of Navy SEALs background? Well, it has kind of a special place for me. Not because of its quality, but it because it was the first R-rated movie I've ever I ever went to see in the movie theater. My dad took me. And if you do the math, I was about seven years old when I saw it. <laughs> Little wow. young. There. Like there used to be a thing where when my dad would take it to the movies, there would be people like just, oh, oh my god, could you could you believe he has kids in this movie? It's like piss off, we're watching the lawnmower man. You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, this is weird though because I, I I you know what I had to double check before we started recording. It's like is this movie rated R? Because it like it's weird. It doesn't seem like an R rated movie to me now. Like there's like one scene that I can think of that seems like it's very visceral and violent, but then like the rest of the movie doesn't seem that violent. It's really tame, especially by like eighties and nineties standards. It is. It is weird. Like it's funny. Cause like to me, the grossest scene is right at the beginning where the guy gets kind of brains out of him when the yeah, other guy gets shot. That's what I'm saying. That's yeah. like very violent when they shoot that guy in the head and the brain splatter over. But other than that, 
this is like a PG-13 movie, it seems like. There's some F-bombs, and I think Charlie Sheen's racism in the movie is, could be could be another cause for it. He uses some questionable terms. So. Well, at the time, it wouldn't have been... That's true. That alarming. That's valid, yeah. Like, That's true. Too. Now, it is like, wow. Like, it is... Yeah. It is really racist. But, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, at the time, it was... People maybe batted an eye at it, but not nearly what it would be today. Um, okay, so the release date on Navy SEALs is July 20th, 1990. Uh, it had a budget of $21 million, and its uh, gross, uh, you know, domestic worldwide gross was $25 million. So not a moneymaker, per se, but didn't lose money. So um, Rotten Tomatoes on this is 19%, and the audience score is 42%. So... Um, now, top grossing movies of 1990, as we've discussed a lot, uh, LBJ, a, a year that we have hit a lot on the podcast, uh, top grossing movies of 1990 are Home Alone, Ghost, and Dances with Wolves. Um, this movie, Navy Seals, came in number 50. Uh, now, movies we've covered from 1990 on the podcast are number five, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, number six, Hunt for the Hunt for Red, the Hunt for Red October, sorry. Uh, number seven, Total Recall. Number eight, Die Hard 2. Number nine, Dick Tracy. Number 28, Robocop 2. And number 36, Darkman. Yeah, big year for us. Yeah, and so many in the top ten, too, which is crazy. We've covered five, six, seven, eight, and nine of the highest grossing movies of the year. So, <clears throat> Yeah. Uh, it always blows my mind that Die Hard 2 wasn't higher on that list. Like, I feel like that was a bigger hit than it should have been. Like, it ended up being. Yeah, I feel I, like a lot of your R-rated action movies just had legs on video, you know. That's like, true. Like, and also internationally. Like, I mean, you know, this was a time when you had you know, your Dolph Lundgren. Some of his movies wouldn't even come out in you know, like except on video in the U.S., but they'd be huge hits elsewhere. You know, that's true. That's true. That's true. Um, okay, let's talk about the cast of this film. Let's get into that. So, um, as mentioned. Uh, Charlie Sheen, he plays Dale Hawkins. Uh, you got someone who comes up quite a bit, I would say, on this podcast. It's uh, Michael Bean uh, playing uh, James Curran. Yeah. Um, we also have uh, R.I.P. Bill Paxton playing Dane. I love Bill Paxton in this movie, by the way. Oh, yeah. Bill Paxton's great in pretty much everything. Yeah. Um, Dennis Haysbert uh, as Graham. Um, I, I'm going to need one of you guys to take over because that's the extent of the people uh, I know. You got Rick Rossovich. He yep. was in Top Gun, and he was wasn't he on? Uh, he was on ER back in the day. I feel like too. He was in, he he was in a big and a lot of stuff back then. Um, Joanne Wally Kilmer. Come on, Val's at the time wife. Um, and also Sorsha and Willow. Come on, and uh, um, and that's pretty much all I can think of. I mean, unless I'm forgetting anyone. That, Anyone else that was on the team, but I think that's about it. That's who was on the team, yeah. There, there, I mean, there's like a couple. I mean, Titus Welliver is in this. He's the last build person in the credits. Yeah, as like, I don't even remember who he is. Redneck in bar, it says. That's right. Yeah, he's the guy that gets beat up in the bar. Um, yeah. But that was, I look, I, I didn't even recognize him. Like, he yeah. does not look anything like he looks now. Uh, I think there's the lady who plays like the chief or the judge or something on the Law and Order shows. Plays like the, the widow. Oh, yeah. Yep. She's in it. Uh, yeah, that's that's 
pretty much it. There's really not not a ton of other people in this that no. are of any note. All right. Well, with that, let's move on to net worth. Just a couple, because again, not everyone in this cast, and obviously we can't. You know, I don't do dearly departed people, so no Bill Paxton. Um, so first, uh, Joanne Wally. I probably w- said Wally. That. I think I think it's Wally or Whaley. Okay. I think it's Wally. Okay. What do you think for her, Dave? Well, she's got that sweet, sweet half of Val Kilmer's money at the peak of his career. So <laughs> I'm going to say she's worth $25 million. All right. $5 uh, million. It's uh, $5 million Yeah. Take that, Dare, Dave. Daredevil Season 3 didn't pay that much. <laughs> she was, he was in, awesome in that, by the way. She was. In, who was she in Daredevil she, Season 3? mom. Oh, shoot. Was she? Yeah. Wow, I did not. I guess I didn't know that. Um, okay, next up we have Dennis Haysbert. He's got that sweet, sweet first couple seasons of Twenty Four Money. Sweet, sweet Allstate money. Yeah, he's got Allstate money. What are you talking about? I think yeah, but, he makes some bank. All right, LBJ, what do you think? Uh, seven million. Fifteen million. Twenty million dollars. Hey, yeah. Haysbert, all right. So. Uh, all right, uh, Dave Michael Bean. Bean? Bean? Bean. See, like, he never quite got to that like big payoff role. So I think it's going to be low. I'm going to say $3 million. Okay. I'll say think, five. He just did Mandalorian, an episode of that. He constantly acts. Oh, I forgot he was in uh, Mandalorian. Uh, $8, $8 million for him. Not bad. Yep. So, and then finally, this one could be all over the place. Uh, Charlie Sheen. What do you think for Charlie Sheen? <laughs> I don't even remember. We talked about it at one point, obviously. Well, yeah, because we did Hot Shots. So uh, what do you yeah. think? Dave, why don't you go first? Well, he's got that sweet, sweet anger management money, but he has to spend that on medicine. <laughs> um, like, I mean, that's the thing. He was the highest paid TV actor on, you know, highest paid actor on TV at one point, but he blew through all that. So I think he, he has residuals. So I'm going to say... He's worth thirty million. Okay, twenty at best. You guys are both overshooting the markets. Ten million dollars for Charlie Sheen. That's so. bananas. Because at one point he was making like a hundred million a year. Yeah, yeah. He was like getting paid probably what like a million dollars an episode for two. It was close. It, it was a lot. Like he yeah. was, and then and then you know, all the residuals too. And then yeah, and then. Now he's doing commercials for with his dad for getting your prescriptions cheap. <laughs> yep. Um, so yeah, uh, that is all I had. Moving on to really no, no Rick Rossovich. I didn't. I didn't look him up. No, I, uh, I didn't know who. He, I didn't know who he was. So. Rick Ross. Rick Rossovich. Rick Rossovich. <laughs> um, so the director of this movie is Louis Teague. Anyone have anything on Louis Teague? No, it looks like he's another of those guys that did a lot of TV. Did a lot of TV. He directed Jewel of the Nile. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I did yeah. see that, that he, that he directed that. Um, writers on this are Chuck Pafar. Pafar. Thanks. And uh, Gary Goldman. Yep. Um, and the music, at least the score, is by Sylvester Lieve. Um, but we did um, – the sound. The actual soundtrack of this is, is, is so, like – it, I really enjoyed the like song choices. Uh, we're gonna play a couple for you. Um, one of them not being the cover of "The Boys Are Back in Town" by Bon Jovi <laughs> that they've used. Uh, but we're actually uh, gonna play two different songs by Mr. Big, believe it or not. Which is 
Um, something that me and LBJ have discussed a lot, but only because we were on an episode of The Legend of Retro, uh, also available on the GameZilla Media Network, uh, where we talked about Spider-Man vs. the Kingpin, and the theme song to that was written by the lead singer, Mr. Big. So. Yep. so the first song we got is Strike Like Lightning. song is just god it's so classic <laughs> classic hair metal like when i hear a song like that i am instantly transported to my basement watching any 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 vhs tape of whatever action movie man that well, is just absolute classic we can tell you like it by the amount you played it i would put it for like a minute that was like some Andy Kaufman shit. Like, oh, they're going to listen to the entire song. <laughs> we might listen to the entire song of this next one. No, I'm just kidding. We're not. Uh, so the next song we have is, I believe this is the end credit song, right? Yes. Yeah, this is this is Shadows, also by uh, Mr. Big. There's just something about this soundtrack, man. Like, and what's crazy is this soundtrack sounds like this movie feels. You know what I mean? Like, when you watch this movie, this is the soundtrack you have for this movie. Yeah, I would agree with that. It reminds me a lot of, like, the Lost Boys soundtrack, where it's like, okay, yeah, it's, like, just so... It syncs up to the movie so well. It's like, you couldn't have one without the other. You're right. You're absolutely... Or, like like transformers the movie and the transformers the movie soundtrack like they're just they're just they're, totally, be stupid. they're just intermixed <laughs> uh, not, not the song nice. i was thinking of but, <laughs> but yes 
Um, you got the touch. There you go. Um, okay, so uh, well, let's do the taglines for this movie. And there's a lot. Um, Which is weird. It's it's so weird there'd be so many taglines for this. There's a lot. And I don't know if any of them are that good. So here we go. First one. America's top secret weapon. Okay, this one. I'm going to tell you right off the bat. It's way too wordy. When danger is its own reward, there are men who will go anywhere, dare anything. They're Navy SEALs, an elite fighting force who don't know how to lose. Okay. Okay. We still have born to risk, trained to win. They're Navy SEALs. We also have for freedom and America. We also have... (laughs) This, this one is perhaps my favorite. America's designated hitters against terrorism. Wow. <laughs> they must have like played that during like baseball games or something. <laughs> and then finally, they're America's secret weapon against terrorism. So that actually brings up a point when in the movie when like he tells the guy, like, oh, we don't exist. I don't think that's the case with the SEALs. That's the case with Delta Force, where like they won't admit that, like, you know. They won't officially admit they exist, but like I don't like I, now I'm not positive on this. So maybe if someone wants to say something in the Discord, but like I don't think that's ever been the case with the seals. I don't think they've ever been. I mean, obviously their missions are secretive, but I don't think like they're like, oh no, we're like, yeah, we don't exist, you know? No, because you know it's a big thing like Seal Team Six capturing uh or yeah. killing killing Bin Laden. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know now they obviously everyone knows about them, but I don't know if that was ever a thing where, like, oh, they don't acknowledge. Because that's the thing with Delta Force, they, even though, like, they, you know, like for years and years and years, and even technically now, they don't acknowledge that there is a Delta Force, you know? That but, I don't know. I, yeah, I mean, that's, I, that's, I know, <clears throat> like, back when this movie came out, the SEALs weren't new, but, like, I remember there was kind of a fervor for yeah. knowing about, you know, for the, for the Navy SEALs. Yeah. Obviously it, this played onto that and really hyped things up much in the same way Top Gun did for um, the Air Force. Yeah. But, um, it, well, except that they were Navy pilots. Oh, sorry. And Top Gun. <laughs> Navy pilots. Oh, wow. We're going to hate mail for that. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> my apologies. But th- my point is, you know, it, it, um, look, essentially this is like a fancy recruitment video. <laughs> Yeah, like, hey, really are, you a dr- are you a drunk racist? Join the seals. <laughs> Want to drive around in golf courts and and, uh, and golf carts dangerously? Yeah, become a seal. Yeah, it, you're not wrong. Like there, they also there's that like, and we'll get to it, but there's that bizarrely placed scene where it's just like this is all the training we go through, and it's like, yeah. why is this scene even in the movie at all? Like. It, it, it's like uh, in my notes for that scene, it's like this like training sequence reminds me of like the opening to the A team, <laughs> and it did not look like any other any footage I've ever seen of like the buds training at all. You know, like I mean, because they you know they do that they they showed some of that I think at like Lone Survivor and American Sniper, and like this did not look like that at all. You know, yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, um, okay, anything anybody wants to talk about before we start kind of going through the plot of this thing? Uh, I mean, we should probably talk about like, so this movie is written by Chuck Farrar, who was a Navy SEAL. And um, he just happened to, uh, in his spare time, kind of write this screenplay after meeting Brenda uh, Fegan, who was an agent 
and was just kind of introduced to Chuck Farrar and heard a bunch of his stories and said, well, you know, why don't you write a book? So he wrote a screenplay, which he also turned into, he also wrote a book and um, she ends up producing this. And that's kind of how the film got off the ground. Um, it was just sort of him writing his experiences as a seal and shaping them into a movie. Um, at one point, Ridley Scott was going to direct, but that didn't end up happening. And then somebody else was hired and then he died like in pre-production. Uh, and then they brought in Lewis Teague to direct. Uh, and then there were several rewrites. Uh, at one point, Kevin Jari wrote it, who did the uh, guns and Navarone. And there was all kinds of other things in the background before this movie finally got moving. Um, but ultimately cool. it's just a collection of Chuck Farrar stories. Well, interesting. You just brought up Kevin Jerry. That's kind of interesting because he also wrote and then was taken off another Michael Bean movie, Tombstone. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, a movie that also has uh, Bill Paxton in it. It's yep. true. But uh, you know what? For my money, Michael Bean, Bill Paxton, great in everything. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Aliens. Yep. Uh, frailty. Bill Paxton and Frailty. Come on. Mm-hmm. Well, I was, you know, Terminator. Oh, together. You're saying, okay, yeah. No, I know. Oh, yeah. Ter- Terminator, Michael Bean's great in that. And, um, and Bill Paxton plays one of the punks in Terminator. Yeah. <laughs> Bill Paxton and Michael Bean probably hung out a lot together in the 80s and 90s. Yeah, it's true. I, You know what? And I didn't realize, and, and I talked about it, but I, I didn't realize until I started. Well, I, ne- I always knew Charlie Sheen was in this. I didn't know that Bill Paxton was in it. And, and he's the lead. He essentially is the lead of this film. And he uh, directed some oh, of no, the. No, I'm sorry, Michael too. Bean. I'm sorry. Michael Bean. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They said they said that uh, Bill Paxton directed like the golfing scene <laughs> with the second unit because it was originally supposed to be like some like wild like basketball scene or something. But they're like, no, this is way too much like the scene in Top Gun when they play volleyball, including the fact that Rick Rossovich is in it. Yeah. So we should probably do something different. Yeah, it, it was going to be a touch football scene. Oh, touch football. Yeah. 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 So, um, but yeah. So okay. So now are we ready to get into it? Sure. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so I this movie immediately starts off disappointing with like a text thing describing to you <laughs> the formation of the Navy SEALs and all this stuff um, to kind of get it play into your like recruitment angle of this film because it's like they were created by President like Kennedy or whatever in this year and gives all like the background of them. And I'm like, okay, I wasn't expecting that to um, – be the start of it. So um, the movie starts with like a situation. There's like a uh, a ship, a tanker ship, I guess. I don't know. In the ocean. It's, a it's cargo, on fire. It's just a cargo ship. It's a cargo ship and it's on fire. Um, and there's like, so they send the, the Navy sends like this helicopter to help them out. Um, but then there's like terrorists there and they shoot down the helicopter. I couldn't figure out what the connection between the terrorists and this tanker or the ship was. Like why... Um, I think essentially what it was is the terrorist shot at the helicopter, shot at the, at the tanker to lure the Navy out there so they could capture some of the Navy and then ransom them for something. See, I don't, I don't think that tracks because then when, remember how pissed the head terrorist guy is when he finds out that they like shot down the helicopter? Like, no, he was mad that they brought them there because that was the same place they were keeping the missiles. So he's like, like I think, I don't know if he was so mad that they shot down the helicopter. He's like, you brought them to where we're hiding the missiles, dum-dums. Oh, all right. Well, fair enough. So anyway, so they shoot down the helicopter. Then we're introduced to the uh, Navy SEALs. Charlie Sheen wakes up on a beach. 
like in the waves and he's like where the fuck am i but then he's just like they're at like a house (laughs) two things about that scene i think is this like the origin of like Charlie Sheen, like he, we're just stopped playing characters and started playing himself in movies. Like <laughs> in movies, like you think about it, and eventually on movies and TV and such, like he would just play characters named Charlie who were drunks and stuff like that. Like he, like, j- like I think this is the beginning of it. And then second, movie bachelor parties are always the night before the wedding. Have you ever been to a bachelor party <laughs> the night before a wedding? No, this movie has every dumb trope you can imagine. So, like, yeah, bachelor party is before the wedding. Everybody is in no position to be going to a wedding. They have to get ready in a half an hour. No one's even showered yet. And the groom is having massive second thoughts and he's showing up basically right when the wedding is going to start. Not, not there to kind of help get things move. You know, speaking as a married guy, there's a lot of work that goes into a wedding. You kind of got to be there a little early. You know, speaking I, I, as I a single guy, I know that. Like, <laughs> like I arrive earlier as a guest than, than these guys do as the participants. You know, yeah, it's such a, it's such, you know, now it seems like a tired trope, but then it was, you know, it was just a thing. But yeah, now it's like it seems so dated now seeing that kind of scene in a movie. <laughs> because yeah, and that's the thing. It's like it's Dennis Haysbert's wedding. Uh, they're driving to it in a rush. Charlie Sheen's trying to tell him it's a mistake. And this is, I guess this is the one thing I do remember about this movie because they're driving to the wedding in a Jeep with no top on. And Charlie Sheen's so against the wedding that he he's like jumps out of the moving Jeep over the side of the bridge into water, right? Yeah. Yes. And like Michael Bean throws him a towel? Throws him his jacket. I thought it was a jacket. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was a jacket. Towel. No. Okay. And I, I think like Dennis Haysbert's like, it's a good thing he has Allstate. <laughs> yep. I, I heard so, him say it. So yeah. the the wedding's taking place, uh, I, and I like all the seals they get paged. I had to laugh about all their pagers going off because that's such an ancient technology. Um, and so they have to leave in the middle of the wedding. But I'm like, I understand that it's like an emergency, but they couldn't have like done the vows like. Also, there's more than one SEAL team. And considering that like the thing they have to do is in Lebanon, there's you know, there's closer SEAL teams. There's probably one in Germany. Like at one point, like they were going off Cyprus. There's, you know, it's like there are closer people to that action. You could call the SAS from Rhodes and whatever. They well, don't need these assholes who are, I believe, in supposed to be in Virginia. Yeah, know? Norfolk. And that and that's my kind because this movie seems to perpetuate that. They are the only SEAL team. Like, that's the way it, I feel like it presents yeah. them. Is that, like, they're the, you know, that there are no other Navy SEALs and it's just this team. Like, that's yeah. how it presents him in this movie, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that, like, and they take a big loss because you lose half of them. So, oh, uh-oh, at least. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, spoiler alert. Um, okay. So, they, they, that's when we, we see that the, the, the helicopter pilots are still alive. And that's like, we talked about though, the one really disturbing scene where they shoot the one in the head and like the brains all splash out of the guy next to him. That's ugh. so, um, the Navy SEALs show up. Um, they start taking everybody out. Um, they, Charlie Sheen comes across what is like the head terrorist guy, but he like convinces them that he's like a prisoner. Like, is that yeah. what well, it is? He doesn't yeah, know. Like, he doesn't know who he is. So they're videotaping everybody that's in there so they can identify him later on. And because they don't have, you know, like they would well, now. No, no, no. I, 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 no, I get that Charlie Sheen doesn't know who it is. I'm saying the head terrorist guy tricks him into thinking that he's like a, a yeah. captive or yeah. something. Yeah, he's a yeah, sailor. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so like that's – and this is where we get like 
a theme that's going to run through the movie or it's going to end up having consequences that Charlie Sheen's character is like a loose cannon. Like he doesn't follow the rules and he's like, he kind of does what he wants. Um, in which uh, so- I, his character is such so irritating to me because you don't get to be a seal if you can't follow the rules. Oh yeah, like he would have never gotten that far with just doing what he wants to do. I made a note that so that they make a point that Charlie Sheen is every kind of asshole in this movie. <laughs> yeah. He's a drunk asshole, a racist asshole, an asshole who can't follow orders, like a. Adrenaline junkie asshole, a thief. Like, he's every type of asshole in this movie. And yet, he's presented as the hero. Like, even more so than Michael Bean. Oh, know? totally. Well, and that's, that's. I mean, that's maybe a bigger question. I mean, because obviously, like, I, I'm going to lean on you guys here. I, I mean, I know the SEALs, but I don't, I mean, like, I wouldn't assume that, like, this, like they present the SEALs as, like, these crazy, like, death wish, like, partying. Like, I would assume that they're very disciplined, like... I don't know. I just feel like the presentation of them like is weird in this movie, you know? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, mean, I agree. Seals are from what I know, the seals yeah. are kind of the best of the best. Like you don't you don't get to be a seal by doing your own thing. You get to be a seal about being the best there is at your job and following orders. Yeah. Like they definitely like they they definitely let off some steam when it's time, but it's not like, you know, when they're on the mission, they're on the mission. Like, exactly. like also like, like Charlie Sheen, like he doesn't, even, it's like, it's like he must've skipped the movie boot camp for this. Cause he does like <laughs> everyone else, like really you know trying hard to get their, your know, shooting stance. Right. And all that stuff. And he just like, oh, I'm just going to walk in. La da 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 da. You know? <laughs> um, and uh, here's a, here's my next question. Is that, um, I know it is, I'm sure it is, but like that sniper rifle that like Bill Paxton, that's like intense. Like what yeah, is it? It's like, it's like, it's like blowing. Caliber. Yeah. It's a okay. caliber. Yeah, it's what uh, it's the same one that the sniper or the same type that the sniper uses in the Rambo, the fourth one. You know, where he's oh, okay. like taking people off. You know, and yeah, it's oh. it's an intense, it's an intense rifle. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, will, it like... will blow holes through walls and. Okay. There was there was on the, this uh, there was a giveaway of one not that long ago, and it's like a raffle, and its value is placed at like like sixteen thousand dollars or something. It's it's an intense gun. Yeah. Um. Okay. So they they end up getting the remaining uh, helicopter pilots out. They throughout the kind of them getting out, they come across the fact that like these terrorists have this stockpile of Stinger missiles, right? Yep. And Charlie Sheen tries to blow them up, but it doesn't work for some reason. Like he throws a grenade in the room with all the missiles, and they don't blow up. Um, what, did, what do you think? Do you think it'd be like a warhead based thing? Not yeah, Snyder? like they're not like, they're not armed. I'm not a missile expert, but I would think that, like, even though it's, it's obviously it's not nuclear, but, and also there's, I mean, you know, people think grenades have a lot more power than they do. I mean, it'll mess you up. I don't, I, again, I'm not a scientist or missile scientist. Maybe <laughs> someone can uh, jump on the discord and tell us, but, uh, you know. From, from my understanding of the way grenades work is it's not the explosion that kills you. It's the shrapnel from the exactly. grenade itself that, that hurts you. Yeah. Because well, there, there's two types of grenades. There's and the the U.S. uses what are called defensive grenades, and those are ones that shoot shrapnel. Whereas there's the offensive, where there's a lot more explosive. It's like the Germans used to use. But. Um, so anyway, so they end up getting out of there, and then uh, like the next scene, they're on like the the aircraft carrier, and they're getting debriefed, and they're they're really like these guys debriefing them are really being dicks to the Navy SEALs, like yeah. 
like they're giving them a hard time about all the stuff and why they did this. And they're then they were watching the video and they find out that that guy that Charlie Sheen found is like this big deal terrorist guy. And they're mad that they, they let him go. And they're like, why didn't you blow up the missiles? And it's like, I'm like, oh, they're really being jerks to these seals who just did on this dangerous mission and rescued these pilots. I yeah, thought it was aggressive. No, I agree. And, and I think that's what the point was. The point is to get people on the side of the seals and make everyone else look like complete dicks. <laughs> um, okay. So then, then we get the, um, the golfing scene, which is wild set to the boys are back in town, sung by Bon Jovi. They're having a good old time. There's like extreme golf. They're driving around hitting golf balls with on the carts and all kinds of crazy stuff. What, um, their outfits are really weird too. <laughs> like they're like you got a bunch of people like dressed like in like you know late eighties, early nineties, like neon shorts. I'm like Charlie Sheen is dressed like Patrick Swayze in Roadhouse, you know, <laughs> like with what are they called Caprice pants or that? I don't I, I don't know what they're called, you know. But um, I think that might be a salad is Caprice, but I don't know. But anyways, <laughs> yeah, like, Capri yeah. Capri pants. Well, no, but there's another name, but I can't remember what they're called. But anyway, they're, they're called they're called capri pants. Well, the capri pants are those short ones that don't go all the way down. Right. That's These are something right. else. Guys, let's like, let's, let's move on. Like, anyway. a couple, like a couple other things in this episode. Let us know on the Discord what are those pants called. Yeah. Yep. We'll, we'll solve it then. Okay. So, anyways, um, but while while they're there, uh, Charlie Sheen's car gets towed because he parked it on the fairway, and that's when he like. He steals like a bike and like chases it down. It's set to that uh, that lightning song by Mr. Big because I have a note that says, "Man, this strike like lightning song rules." Yeah, no, it was good. But I mean, you're right, he, like, and it seems so ridiculous. Like he must be riding that bike so fast. <laughs> oh yeah, because he like he catches up to the tow truck, gets on it, like gets his car off the tow truck, and like. I Driver like, never realizes it. I feel like so much of this movie is just it, – it's weird because I didn't realize the timing on it. I'm like, man, I'm like this movie is giving me like a really big like point break vibe. And I know that sounds weird because they're kind of completely different movies. But like that's like the vibe. I was, But this movie came out – this predates point break, which is – Yeah. But well, that's kind of – This movie feels like a bunch of scenes thrown together. Yeah. Oh, I, I agree it, with that completely. It, it, instead of just like a, you know, a cohesive, like they add a plot to it, but it's essentially just a bunch of scenes thrown together. Like the scene with Denner, Dennis Haysburton, his fiance is just thrown into the golf sequence when there's no other significant others there. And it's like, let's just throw them. Literally, they're in the bushes at for some point. Like it's like <laughs> sitting there talking in the bushes. And like also that same scene like has. It's like chill out of the lingo when like he gives him a beer. He's like, "You want a brain grenade?" It's like, oh, shut up. you know. <laughs> I forgot he calls it a, yeah, brain, a grenade. brain grenade. It's like, oh god, you know. Um. So then, yeah, you're kind of right because what this movie essentially is is like three missions with some random kind of filler like scenes in between the three missions yeah. that they appoint. Yeah. Because because the next big mission they go on is that they they're like, well, there's this guy. He's like a contact. Uh, and they can extract him, and he, he can help them figure out where they're keeping the Stinger missiles. Um, so they have to fly him in, and they, they parachute out. Did they say they have to swim 12 miles to shore, like, from where they're dropping him off, I feel like? I think that's what they say. It was, a, it, was a, it was a ways, yeah. 
Um, you get that great scene where the guy's watching uh, Mr. Ed in Arabic, which uh, is, uh-huh. is kind of fun. <laughs> So uh, throughout, so during the course of the mission, they they go inside to extract this guy, Michael Bean, and, and a couple of the other guys. And they're the other guys are supposed to be watching outside, and like there's these guys on the street that they're watching, and they're armed. And like Dennis Haysbert is like, "Hey, I got this. I can, I can take him out. I got him dead to rights." But Charlie Sheen like leaves his position, and and like the guys start firing guns, and then like in this during this exchange, like Dennis Haysbert gets killed. But like. They don't show him get shot, and I guess that's supposed to be for, like, mystery, but, like, he's just, like, dead instantly, like, right? Like, it's not even, like, he, they, like, I, I, it was confusing to me. Like, I guess they don't show him getting shot, so it's, like, you don't realize it, or I don't know. that The whole exchange is kind of weird to me. Yeah. Yeah. He, 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 you don't see him get shot. It's kind of presumed that he gets shot, like, in the heart or maybe even in the head. And I like to think he had an aneurysm. Something. And, and he and he dies instantly. And I don't know, do they do they wear bulletproof vests or anything? Uh I they might have ha- I, I don't know at the time. I think now people definitely wear flak jackets or things like that. Like at the time, but you know, I mean he it's the time they might have, or I don't know, but I think you know, no, first of all, no bulletproof vest is a hundred percent. Right. But also, right. like I mean I think it was just basically like, well, maybe they were shooting for a PG-13 at one point. Or like, maybe it's like we don't want it to be too emotional for people, so they're not going to have it be a headshot, you know? Well, my only thinking on it is that because they were like, they they want it to be like a reveal that he's dead. So that's yeah. why they don't show you getting shot, show him getting shot. But anyways, regardless of that, it's definitely Charlie Sheen's fault that he got killed. Yeah, <laughs> oh, 100%. Yeah, totally. Um, and then I don't know, maybe I'm just being mean. Cause like the next scene is like Michael Bean and he goes to tell, <laughs> he goes to tell Dennis Haysbert's, uh, fiance that he's dead. But I have a note that says that she looks like way older than Dennis Haysbert. Like I have, my note says, <laughs> my note says that his super old fiance is very upset. I just thought that she looked old, like in their scenes together, I thought she looked like 10 years older than Dennis Haysbert. I feel like for whatever reason, like back then, like women just the way women dressed made them look so old. Like even like Joanne Wally was like, I think she was maybe in her late twenties when she made this movie. She looked like she was 45 in this movie. Yeah, you know? she old. And she, she's, she's even now, even to this day when she's pushing 60, she's an attractive woman. But in this movie, she looked so old. And this, I think the same we said for this fiance, the fiance, it's like just for a reason, like the way women dressed and did their makeup just made them look so old. I, I hope that doesn't sound sexist. <laughs> it, it's it's decadist at worst. Uh, and I and, and I think we uh, and I and I'm sorry. I think I kind of skipped before we got into this mission. Like one of the things is that Michael Bean is trying to get close to Joanne uh, Wally Whaley. Whaley. Uh, she's like the reporter who has connections. He's trying to see if she can tell her where the tell him where the missiles are, and because that that starts happening before they go on the mission to extract the guy. Yeah. Okay. And it's so weird. Like the reason why they do it is because she's half Lebanese and she has connections. Yeah. It gives you connections immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Connections in Poland, apparently, you know, (laughs) like it's being half of anything. Instant connections, you know? Um, So anyway, skipping back to where we were, they get back from the mission. They have Dennis Haysbert's funeral. Uh, it's really, this is like a really, I'm like, I haven't noticed like, man, this movie's bumming me out because like, there it is. Funeral is, is like 
fiance is really upset and like crying some more. This is another trope. Every funeral is outside in the rain. In the rain, yeah. I have a note that says, of course it's raining at the funeral because why not? Did we? Oh, I think we skipped the scene where like Charlie Sheen is trying to hit on Joanne Whaley, didn't we? No, or is it later? That was was before Dennis Haysbert got killed. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Because that's the that's the scene where it's like he's just being so raised. First of all, he's being a huge dick to his friend. Where oh. like you know, yeah, it's before. Yeah, you know what? I, and I gotta I gotta apologize because I feel like um, I skipped over a few things here. Here's what we need to go back to. He get he meets up with the uh, the reporter. That's when he takes her and shows her the training thing that they're all doing. Yes, uh, that's like the A team beginning. He takes her to the kill house where they practice shooting to like and freak acts her really, out. Acts really rapey towards her. Yeah, and freaks her out for some reason. Um, and then uh, that's because I have a note that says, "Oh boy, Charlie Sheen talking pretty racist." <laughs> Yeah, super and, racist. And he's like a huge cock block because he calls and has them page uh, Michael Bean so he'll leave his date with the reporter and so he can try and move in. Um, but she uh, she shoots him down. I do have a note you mentioned this because it says Charlie Sheen is giving off a real rapey vibe in this scene. Um, yeah. And then a plane, like a passenger plane gets shot down with one of the stingers. And then they go on the mission to extract the guy. And she helps them. And this is when I have my note. Of course, there's a houseboat. (laughs) Oh, God. Another 80s thing. Yeah. Gotta have a houseboat. I feel like a houseboat would just be terrible because your bathroom just drains right into the water that you're docked in. And I just feel like houseboats, like just everything would be moldy. Like a houseboat (laughs) would just be awful. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't get it. So, okay, so back to where we were. I don't know how we skipped that big chunk. But anyways, so uh, they go to, like, this bar to kind of have a, you know, get drunk and, like, you know, be sad over Dennis Haysbert being dead. Uh, That one guy gets mad because – is that Titus Titus Welliver? Yeah. Okay, he's mad because they're watching a video of them playing golf with Dennis Haysbert, and he wants to watch the baseball game. So Charlie Sheen, like, chokes that guy out and then kisses him on the lips. Yeah. Yeah. Like a real passionate kiss on the lips. Um, and then they light the bar on fire for some reason. And they go out in the parking lot and him and Michael Bean argue because Michael Bean is essentially like. Um, yeah, you're really uh, saying it's your fault. Right. It's like, yeah, that's your fault because you wouldn't follow orders. And he's like, yeah, it is my fault. And he kind of admits it. Like uh, at this point, Charlie Sheen would have been up for court martial. Yeah. Like he wouldn't even be part of the group at this point. Yeah. And the fact that he's clearly on cocaine, too. <laughs> he's like, oh, he's just got this rush in my blood. It's like, yeah, that's cocaine, Charlie. Yep. Uh, okay. So, um, then, like, he, him, and the, this, I thought this was an odd choice for this movie because Michael Bean and the reporter, they obviously go to the bone zone, but this yeah. movie's too classy to show it. Like, that was just yeah. weird. I was very surprised that they, like, I don't care, but it's just seeming like no. It surprising. was it was teed up for that. Yeah, yeah. it was like, it was almost like that. Like that scene was shot, and they decided not to use it because this movie seems like the movie that's like ripe for like an unnecessary just like nudity in it. That they're like, well, we got to throw it in because it's an action movie in the late eighties, early nineties. Maybe Val Kilmer is was on set, and he's like, no go. Ooh, maybe he's like, I'm gonna be Batman in four years. 
<laughs> um, wow, that's so, weird to think. Four years later, he was Batman. It's true. All right, moving uh, on. Sorry. Okay, sorry. So um, uh, they they deployed to Beirut. Yes, they're going to go to Beirut because the guy that they extracted tells them uh, where the um, where the missiles are going to be. Um, so they, <laughs> my note says, these guys are forever jumping out of things into water because they jump out of uh, the plane into the water. Uh, there's there's fighting going on in Beirut. Uh, maybe one of you could help me out. Like, is is it something like historical that's going yeah. on there? Or? Well, because basically the population of Lebanon is. At this point, it's very different points, but it's like almost like half Christian, half Muslim. And then there's different Muslim groups. There's Palestinian refugees. There's uh, Syrian-backed forces. Then they, they, then like you know, obviously the Israelis don't, you know, you know but with the Palestinians, will use it as a strike from there. So, it's, Palestine, like I mean, I'm sorry, I'm, Lebanon at one point was like the jewel of the Mediterranean. Like everyone, like everyone go there. But then, for like the last like 40 years, hasn't been great. Yeah. Okay. So there's all this fighting going on, and they're basically like, "Well, let's we'll use this. We'll sneak in. We're not going to engage this other stuff going on." Uh, they have a local contact who's going to take them to this uh, schoolhouse building where they're keeping the missiles. Uh, they end up getting like pinned down in this firefight, and that's unfortunately when uh, Bill Bill Paxson gets killed, which is like my least favorite part of the movie because he's awesome in this. Yeah. But before he dies, he does get to help because Michael Bean goes to try and figure out what's going on with them. And he like falls through this like part in the roof and he's stuck. And a guy's got him like dead to rights. But Bill Paxson, right before he dies, just blasts him with that awesome sniper rifle and like takes the guy out. We haven't fully discussed. I mean, I brought up a little bit as a joke to begin with, but the fact that his nickname is God is kind of amazing. Yeah. You know, well, because he's down from above. Yeah. He's watching him from above. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, Michael Bean gets taken out. Not Michael Bean, sorry. Uh, and, I, I, Paxton, and that was the weird thing. Like, did Paxton get shot as he was shooting the other guy? Yes. Or did the recoil from his gun hurt him and send him flying backwards, and then he got shot? No, he got shot when he got he got shot when the other. Yeah, they both shot each other at the same time. This movie's not very good, surprisingly, at letting you know how people get killed or where yeah. they get shot and stuff like that. So um, I do like – this is maybe my favorite part of the movie. So Michael Bean and a couple of the other SEALs, they go into the building to get the missiles. I love when the guys discover Charlie Sheen uh, and he, he shoots him and he drops the uh, Star Wars reference and he says uh, – they're trying to talk to the guy and he shoots him and he says, boring conversation anyways. Yeah. And he yeah. says, leaders, we're going to have company, just like uh, Han Solo in the original Star Wars. I think Charlie Sheen might be Star Wars obsessed, if I remember my like my Charlie Sheen mythos correctly. I think he might love Star Wars. Oh, all right. Well, that would explain it. But th- th- I did enjoy that because I was yeah, like, that was oh, kind of funny. Um, so uh, they they rig the missiles to blow. Uh, Michael Bean gets shot as they're trying to leave. Um, all hell breaks loose. Um, the, Charlie- the main bad guy still does not button up his shirt because he's just <laughs> like, I gotta show off this. This wiry frame of mine, the ladies will like it. <laughs> um, so uh, Charlie Sheen, he saves Michael Bean. They blow up the stingers. So they blow up the stingers because they had them wired. The whole building collapsed. That head terrorist guy was in the building. The whole building collapsed, but then he's fine? Like, how did yeah, he, he should how be did dead. He, like, I don't know how he got out of the building, but like, abs of, he hid behind his own abs <laughs> of steel. So um, they the seals steal a car 
And like, I kind of like maybe my favorite action sequence is like this car chase that they have where like they're the, I don't know what the bad guys, the terrorists have, but they're chasing them in some kind of like all the track. Yeah. It's, okay. called, it's called an APC. So, uh, but it's kind of weird. Cause it's like, I feel like that that scene's kind of played a little bit for laughs cause they're in this car, but then like the seal a little bit. Yeah. Then the seal driving the car gets shot in the head pretty violently and dies. Yeah. And I was like, that is a, but intense juxtaposition because it seems like it's kind of fun. And then he gets shot in the head, the car crashes and that guy uh, blows up the vehicle with the stinger. But I read that that's not accurate. You can't use a stinger missile like that. Like you can't shoot something on the ground like that with it. I don't know if that's true, but that's, I mean, a, certainly the explosion wouldn't look like it did right there. Like they just, that just like all went into flames immediately. I don't know the facts of the other thing. That's probably true that you can't use it, but. I thought the chase would have been better if they had added the Benny Hill music. <laughs> a little, a little yakety sax in there. Um, yeah. So they they make it to the beach. Um, they get in the water. I I just I, I like the idea that like all those bullets are missing them just because they dive underwater. Like I know there's a thing where like bullets like if they don't. Isn't that like a thing they did on like MythBusters? Yeah, they slow like, down. Bullets? Yeah, they slow down. I mean, they can still kill you though. And then they fire a rocket launcher into the water at them. And, and now that, that would, if you were anywhere near the yeah. explosion, it would kill you because it just travels, the, the vibration travels through water. And So, okay, we're about at the end of this movie. Why, why at this point is that head terrorist guy, like, why isn't he just like, you know, like count his losses and be like, why is he so obsessed with killing them at this point? Because they're like out on a boat, like looking for them. Yeah. I would say that's the problem with this movie is that they don't develop the villains at all. You, they don't, they don't give you any like, you know, oh, why is? I mean, they just, it's just like, and I guess you know that it's again, it's the early '90s, late '80s, where it's like it's enough that they're Middle Eastern terrorists. We don't need to tell you anything more, you know. But yeah. it's just like it, you, they don't have like a why is the bad guy so obsessed? It's like so like yeah, I think that's one of the big flaws of this movie is like it's lacking in character development for pretty much everyone. But I don't even know if the terrorists have lines in English or, you know, or just, you know, lines that explain anything, you know. Yeah, there's no exposition from them whatsoever. And and granted, in that era of filmmaking, they don't they didn't care. You're right. It was enough for them to be Middle Eastern and carrying a gun to be a terrorist. And yeah. that was all the motivation you needed to hate them. So it's obviously yeah. very different now. And the fact they wouldn't button up his shirt. I mean, that, <laughs> that was some extra motivation. Yeah, me. that it's was like, pretty much the, that was the only nudity yeah. we got in this film. Yeah, who does he think he is with those abs? <laughs> because, so they're like on a boat. They come across the seals. Charlie Sheen, now, does he drown that guy or does he slit his throat or does huh. he do both? Both. <laughs> yeah, both. But also, like, they don't show, like, if like there's, like, no blood when he slits his throat. It's like... It's like, again, for movies that had it opened up with brains landing on someone's cheek that, like, there's no blood when he slits the guy's throat. It's like, what's up with that? Yeah, yeah I, I feel like you have, you're onto something there, Dave, where, like, maybe they weren't sure if this was going to be R or PG-13. Maybe they were going to try and get a PG-13, but couldn't. Because it does yeah. seem like there's a lot of very violent stuff and then stuff that's, like, seemingly tamed down, like... The guy's getting shot in the head is very violent and graphic, but then this scene is very confusing because it's like he puts the knife to his throat, but they don't even they don't like you said they don't even show any blood. So yeah, like it could have been like a test screen thing, and then like when they did the reshoots, they just added violence, different stuff. You know, yeah, because really, you know, if you think about it, the only 
only real deaths you actually see are the guy in the car, right? You see him yeah. get shot. I mean, you kind of see Bill Paxton get shot, sort of, but it's not really graphic. Yeah. Um, the guy's brains to get splattered. You don't see brains. him get shot. You just see, like, you see the, but that's graphic. But, yeah, it's it's very that's weird. That's really it. I mean, there's really the, not a whole lot of anything else. The weird thing in this movie is that normally in a movie, it's the villain's deaths that are graphic. Because sure. they're, they're more satisfying, you know? Whereas the, the good guy's deaths, like, you don't want them to be that graphic. Or, like, you know, sometimes they are, but, like, normally, yeah, it's the opposite. It's like, okay, the hero's deaths are, like, more like Dennis Haysbert's, you know? And, like, but then the villain's deaths are really graphic, and it's like, oh, that's gratifying, you know? But, sure. like, in this, like, okay, yeah, it's weird. Like, yeah, like, like I said, there's no blood when the guy gets killed at the end. Like, he doesn't, you know, he just kind of, like, oh, he gets drowned and cut, and it's like, okay, you know? It was definitely very strange. Because um, that... Then, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, please. I was just going to say that the end of the movie is there's kind of a whole thing where, like, they're running late. So the sub that's supposed to pick them up, you think maybe it left them behind. But then it, like, it shows up to pick them up. And they're all laughing seemingly way too much for all the, the trauma they've went through. The, the movie ends with the yeah. sub, like, showing up. And they're all just having a good old time laughing. And it's like, yeah, just, yeah, half our friends are dead. <laughs> yeah, half their friends are dead. One guy is about to die who's is treading water. As best he possibly can. Probably sharks in that water. It's the, it is the ocean. Could be. And they're just having a good old time laughing. And then the movie ends and we hear more Mr. Big. Yeah. That's literally it. Like there's no ending other than that. Yeah. Just kind of like you don't see like him like, you know, reuniting with the with the reporter. You don't see like, you know, Charlie Sheen going to rehab, you know. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Uh, yeah. So... Yeah, I, I don't have anything else for this movie. No, it's just I think that's kind of sums up the movie is not having anything else. Like I feel like it feels like a movie that either that like maybe they ran out of money and couldn't shoot more scenes, maybe they cut a bunch of stuff, but like it doesn't feel like a complete movie. No, it's it's oh go ahead, sorry. No, please. I'm just gonna say it's very weird, um, and, and like you said, very uh, disjointed. And, and like they had a few good ideas, but they weren't sure how to tie it together for a movie. You know, like they kind of wanted to be like, "Hey, aren't the seals cool?" Oh wait, yeah. we gotta have, we gotta have some kind of plot around it. So I don't know. There's terrorists and like, but like even some of the stuff. Like I, I think I um, I messaged Dave when I was watching it when when the scene when Dennis Haysburg finally got killed. I'm like, geez, I'm like, finally they kill him off. I'm like, they've been telegraphing it the whole movie that he oh, was gonna God, die. Yes. <laughs> I mean, like, it was like, then it seemed like it was kind of weird, too, because it's like they killed him off. And then it's like they went into that last mission and they were like, oh, well, I guess we should have some more of these seals die because then they they killed Bill Paxton. And it's like, I don't know. It's just like I felt like they were like, well, we can't have them all make it out. So they because in that last mission, Bill Paxton, the guy driving the car died. Did another one die or he was just injured? Yeah. The one that they like field dressed. Right. Right. He got shot, but he was OK. Or uh, yeah, there was a couple of guys who I kept confusing for each other. Like they both had like dark hair, and like <laughs> no, I, I just think, don't. I think one other guy dies too. Like okay. one has a did the guy with the mustache die? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> or I mean, there's, like, there's two guys right. with mustaches. So who lives? So Michael Bean lives. Rick Ross Rick lives. lives. Charlie Shin lives, and one other and, guy lives. And like the guy who is vaguely Latino, I think lives. Well, I thought he got shot. I thought he was the one driving the car. 
I thought I thought that was the other like dark haired guy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. This is my favorite. Um, well, four people live. So there's Fiend, four of them. Fiend, and one of and one of the other guys. The problem is, is that we would have to remember how many go into that mission at the end, and then yeah. we know that there's four at the end. But I can't remember if there's six or seven one, that go two, into them. Three, four, five. Six. There's, and there's seven the guys. There's them. seven guys total. Is that counting Dennis Haysbert or Yeah, it's counting Dennis Haysbert. So okay. there's Charlie Sheen, Michael Bean, Rick Rosovich. There's the guy Homer Rexer, the explosives expert. Uh Bill Paxton. And then Dennis Haysbert and Paul Sanchez is the communications okay. guy and the Arabic interpreter. Interpreter. Okay, so if there's seven of them, including Dennis Haysbert, the last mission they would go on, there would only be six of them, and then four of them are there at the so, end. So only two get killed, the so one Paxton gets seriously and Paul injured. Sanchez, yep. Okay. We, we figured it out. And the explosives yeah. guy is still alive. Yes, we figured it out. We're there. We got there. Um, but yeah, um, I don't, I mean, does anyone have anything else, or are, are we ready find, to rate this? Yeah, I didn't find any role reversals or anything. No. All right, let's rate it. All right. Um, who wants to go first? Dave? Okay. Well, okay. So I had fond memories of because when I was a kid, like, I got to see an R-rated movie. Those fond memories don't hold up that well. I mean, okay, so Michael Bean is really good in it. Bill Paxton and Dennis Haysberg are really good in it. I always had a crush on Joanne Whaley Wall, even though I can't pronounce her name properly. <laughs> you know, because going back to Willow. Um, there's enough in it to keep you semi-entertained. And again, the soundtrack, we talked about that's good. But I really don't think I can give it any more than two machine guns because it's just, it, there's just not that much to it. So I just, it's just like, it's like, it's just there. It's two machine guns. Yeah, I, and I'll go next. And I and I had a, a little bit of a conversation with Dave about this movie when I finished watching it. And it's kind of like, it's one of those movies that's not really good enough to be like, oh, this is great. But it's also not really bad enough to be like, this is bad it's just kind of is you know like like dave said it I, I feel like it's one of those movies that takes itself more serious than it has a right to be like it thinks it's very serious but it's you know in hindsight it's not you know a serious movie and yeah i like michael bean in it i like bill paxton and, and some of the action sequences are pretty cool but it just it, it does it's not really a movie and it's kind of a blah so i'll, I'll go with but it's not offensive so i'll give it two machine guns as well yeah, I'm right there too. I will say this: the SEAL team itself, minus Charlie Sheen, was all very entertaining. Like I, they, I thought they all did a good job. Rick Rossovich, the other two guys that are kind of no-name guys. Um, it, like I, I liked all of them. I liked them as a group together too. Like they were fine as a group. Charlie Sheen was really the only one that kind of annoyed me. Um, and that I don't know if, how much of that was him and how much of that was the character. Probably a lot of both, actually. Um, but you're right. Overall, yeah, the movies, yeah, it's not bad. It's not great. Um, but it's, it's hardly a movie. It's literally scenes thrown together and some plots kind of tied to it somehow. So it's not, it's, it's more like a bunch of vignettes is essentially what it is. Yeah. 
it's and, almost and like a video game. Well, yeah, and I don't and I don't want to step on your rating here, but before you give it, but yeah, it's almost like that they were like they thought of the action scenes and they're like, well, we gotta tie these together. So they're like, I don't know, what are some tropes? They're like, ah, they're partying and playing golf. One of them's not sure about getting married, you know, like like it's just like they kind of threw in all this other stuff as an afterthought. Yeah, that that really is how it feels. It's the third best movie in which Michael Bean plays a Navy SEAL. Because <laughs> he also plays one in The Abyss, and he plays one in The Rock. That's true. Uh, that's probably fair. Um, so, yeah, I'm right with you. I'm going to say two machine guns. Um, you're not really going to be bored by it, but don't expect it to be like a classic action film. It just It's not going to be that. The soundtrack, yeah. you'll probably enjoy the soundtrack more than you will the movie. And, and I mean, it's on Prime right now for free. So if like you're kind of curious about it, it's probably worth a watch. But I wouldn't like, I don't know if you're, I would, yeah, I, it's hard. It's hard to give it a strong recommendation. But if you're like, you probably aren't going to be angry that you watch it, but you're probably also not going to add it to your list of favorite action movies. Right. Right. Absolutely. All right. We hit that pretty hard. Anything else? No, I think we're good. All right. Uh, Dave, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Is there anything you want to plug? Um, no, I plugged I plugged the book last time. I'm actually gonna give you guys copies to read pretty soon. Okay. I'm gonna want detailed notes. Okay. <laughs> I don't read a whole lot, so you know, I'll do my best. Well, we'll do an audio performance. Ooh, that can be that can be a new thing. We'll do an audio. Why do I feel like when I read it, it's gonna be like reading uh, Nick Nick Miller's uh, book? I can't remember what his uh... <laughs> Pepperwood Chronicles. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I. Uh, we're, we're all gonna be like, oh, this is really good. Yeah, the zombie. You know. <laughs> yeah, he's married. He, he's in love with the lady. Cool. Well, <laughs> well, thanks, thanks, Dave. You've, you've you've been like our unofficial third host. You're always there, and you always have a lot to contribute. So I think we're always happy when you're on these episodes. So. Yeah, especially when it's late like this, and uh, and I'm a little tired. So there we go. It's late. Um, but anyway, it really is late this time. It really is actually. Yeah. Uh, so we are last action podcast. Uh, go to game. Basically, you know what? Go to gamezillamedia.com. Gamezillamedia.com. You can find us. You can find all the other podcasts. Last uh, us last action podcast. You can find Gamezilla podcast, Legend of Retro, Noobs and Dragons. Um, we got all kinds of stuff. We have streamers, people you can watch play video games, all sorts of things. And we got our Discord. So if you go on Discord and um, you can chat with us, we chat all the time. Uh, and we've also got Patreon, which I am less excited about currently <laughs> for a very specific reason. I got roped into saying on our last episode that if we get four more $5 tier patrons... Even if you bump up from $1 to $5, we will do Mighty Ducks 2 on this podcast. I'm going to go join the Patreon now. <laughs> I should put I should put like a caveat on there that they've got to stay a $5 Patreon for like six months. And then I don't do even it. like Mighty Ducks 2, but I just want to get you. <laughs> so there's you see, that. You've seen Dave spend money. He'll spend $5 a month and not even remember <laughs> he's spending it. It's true. That is true. <laughs> Uh, so there you go. Patreon.com. You can get, uh, that interesting little perk along with our extra show, the post credit scene, as well as all the other extra shows on the network, uh, which you can check out. And there's lots of them logged up. So if you pay your five bucks now, you are going to get your money's worth. There's tons of stuff to listen to.
There's gonna be a cool one coming up. Got a cool subject. <laughs> yep, we're working on one. Uh, we're gonna record one right right after this. Um, so yeah, so patrons, thank you so much. The four of you who will know who will undoubtedly become future five dollar patrons. F you guys. Uh, but enjoy your Mighty Ducks too, which I foresee us doing very soon. Oh boy. Uh, but anyway. Dave, thanks for being here. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Dave. Joe, thanks for being here. Thanks. Thanks for being a guest on the show. Appreciate it. Yep. Always, always willing to be a guest on Pre- your show. Appreciate that. Uh, well, that said, this episode of the Last Action Podcast has been terminated. But we'll be back. <laughs>